What's going on, y'all? My name is Kayla, and I want to welcome you to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. I am so glad that you decided to join us today because we've got an awesome experience in store for you. But first, we want to connect with you. Drop a comment below, or you can go to our website at freelifechapel.org so you can see what's coming up. But service is about to begin, so check this out. Hey, I want to go ahead and get started uh, into a message today. Uh, Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy, they are uh, in upstate New York. They're ministering up there. Um, and Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy, they've given me the honor and the privilege to bring a message to you guys today that I believe will really encourage you. I really do. So Pastor Scott, Pastor Cindy, thank you so much. We honor you. We love you. And one more quick shout out to my amazing, beautiful wife, uh, my baby mama. Love you, Liz. Thank you for everything that you do for me, for our house, for the blend, student ministry, everything going forward. Thank you. Um, now, I have a question for you. Um, who in here has trust issues? Yo, fellas, I'm not going to lie. Like, there's a lot of ladies raising their hand. Like, I'm just being real. All right, so I, I got a quick story for y'all. I got a quick story for y'all. So, uh, in my house, we really value our sleep. We really do. Like, we, we, we love our sleep. Anytime we can sleep in, we do. But we, and we know because we have a baby on the way that I'm not going to be able to sleep for long. So I'm trying to get it in while I can. You feel me? So listen, now we love our sleep. And, and now, mind you, we, we've been married going on uh, upcoming, coming up in October. It'll be three years. It's been the best three years of her life. Um, just ask her about it. Ask her about it. She will tell you. She has a long list. And while, while we've been married, there's been some things that I've noticed that, like, you know, you, you, you kind of learn. Like, here's one of the things. We've, there's been times where we've gone to bed, and, you know, it's great. We got in bed early. Like, let's go. Waking up the next morning. Like, I'm one of those persons, it takes me a minute to get out of my bed. But then once I'm up, I'm okay. But it just takes me a minute to get out of it. So I, I, I get out of my bed, and I'm kind of, like, moving around, kind of making things happen, brush my teeth. You know, can't talk if you have funky breath. You brush your teeth. Yeah, and then I go to Liz. Good morning, baby girl. How you doing? And she looked at me. Uh. <laughs> I just woke up. There is only one of two things that, that I could have messed up in while I was sleeping. I could have, number one, taken her blanket, or number two, been all the way on her side of the bed. Like, I, there's no way that I messed up so bad. to where she can't even say good morning. I had to get a, mm. So I'm like, all right, whatever. We keep going throughout the day. Lunchtime comes around, and I'm like, hey, Liz, let's go to lunch. I know something's wrong with her, so I'm like, let me, let me see what this is. So I start talking with her. I'm like, Liz, how's your day going? She's like, it's fine. She's giving me all these short answers. And now, while she's doing this, I'm like sitting in my head like, man, did I slip up on something? Like, did I say something that I shouldn't have said? Did I not say something I should have said? It's not our anniversary, is it? Okay. Like, I, I, I'm, che I'm checking everything. And then... I said, what's going on? She said, I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> I'm over here in trouble about a dream that she had. Like, I didn't even do it. Any brothers in the room, you've ever, you've ever had this happen to you? Yeah, I, I know you have. You just don't want to raise your hand and admit it. Because, listen, I feel you. Listen, so I, I, she, she's like, yeah, I had a dream about you. Well, that dream wasn't me. She's like, well, how do I know it's not Holy Spirit trying to tell me something? Say, <laughs> like, that's the spirit of Liz trying to get me in trouble. That ain't no Holy Spirit. Put God's name on that foolishness. Listen, 
So she, she be having some trust issues. And, and if we're going to be honest, I do too. There, there's been times in my life where someone has said that they was going to do something and they didn't. There's been times in my life where someone made a promise to me and they couldn't fulfill it. And what I have come to learn, not the oldest cat in the room, but I've gone through some things. And just like you, I've learned this. If I'm not careful, I will let my lack of trust in people turn into a lack of trust in God. I have a, sometimes, if I'm not careful, I will have such a hard time trusting a human being that I now put my lack of trust from you into what he said. So now, because you couldn't keep a promise to me, I, I don't know if I can trust the promises that God has said over me. If we're not careful, we'll get caught in that rut and it will turn into a cycle that'll be hard to break. And so I want to talk to you today, this message that I call on God. Why do I call it on God? Because these promises that we're going to be going over, this promise in the Bible that God has said over your life, my life, you watching online, is something that is built on God's character, not on someone else's effort. It, it, this, is, this is on God. And the Bible says that his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that his word will never return void. So we can go to the bank and cash this check because we know it's going to happen in your life and in my life. And so I want to look at a, a, a pretty popular verse. Um, maybe you've seen it in an in Instagram bio, maybe from your yearbook from 1977. You, this might have been your verse. Um, you might have had this stitched in your grandma's bathroom somewhere. Like, I don't know. But this is a pretty popular verse if you've been in church or, or whatever the case is. So it's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for well-being and not for trouble, to give you a future and a hope. Well-being, not for trouble, to give you a future and for hope. I need you to look to the person next to you and say, God wants to set you up. Perfect. Now, your second option, the person you didn't turn to, look over to that person and say, God wants to set you up. Listen, this message today, I want it to be encouraging to your life because God really does want to set you up for life. He, he really does. And we're going to break down this word set and turn it into an acronym to see how, what this verse actually means and how it applies to your life, to my life, to you watching online. So let's go here. So the first word, what, what does God want to do? He wants to secure us. He wants to secure us. The, the, the very beginning of this verse says that he has plans for well-being and not for trouble. How many of you get in trouble? I do too. When I'm on my best behavior, I feel like I'm still getting in trouble. Right? And, and God is saying, listen, I don't, I don't want this to be your thing. I want to secure you. I want you to do good in life. I don't want you to struggle in life. I don't want you to have to learn things the hard way. See, when I was growing up, um, one of the phrases that I used to always say, uh, anybody else stubborn? I say anybody else because I am too. Like, I, listen, they say the first step into getting over something is admitting it, right? My name is Caleb and I am stubborn, right? So um, there, there, there's, a, there's this thing that I used to say growing up all the time. And when, when my mom and dad, they would be talking to me about something like, Caleb, come on, you got to do better. Or one of my coaches, come on, Caleb, you got to do better. I'm like, Hey, man, I just, you know, I do better when I learn things the hard way. I, I just have to learn things the hard way in life in order for it to really stick with me. No, I did not have to learn things the hard way. 
I did not. We say this often at Free Life Chapel, when we do things God's way, we'll get God's results. If I do things my way, I'm going to get my results. I am really inconsistent as a human being. I have good days, I have bad days. God is the same. He ain't never going to mess up. And so when I do things God's way, the Bible does not promise us an easy, flat road. There's going to be some high highs, there's going to be lows, but the difference is I know that he's going to be with me all the way through, and he's going to make my path clear and let me know the way that I should be going. Where if I do it on my own, every little step I take, I will mess up. I'm, I'm going I'm to mess myself up. That's just how I am. I'm going to mess myself up. And so you and I, we need to make sure that we're getting this thing of securing ourselves with God. Because here's the problem. My biggest struggle, to, if, if I'm going to be very honest with you and transparent, my biggest struggle is not necessarily trusting God. My biggest struggle is when I believe that my preference has the same authority and power as God's standard. That's where my biggest struggle comes in. When I think, because I feel like I want this, God will adjust the Bible to go after my feelings. Or I want to handle the situation like this, because this is exactly how I'm feeling. They should have known not to cut me off in the line from Chick-fil-A. They should have known something was coming. But then there's a standard that God has. Right, and, and, and so that's where the biggest struggle comes in. If I'm going to learn things the hard way, that means that I'm putting my preference, my opinion at the same level as God's word. And I'm now telling myself I actually have a choice that I can make when there is only one decision. I'm either going to do things God's way or I'm going to do things the wrong way. It is that black and white. I just like to add in a little bit of gray. But it is that black and white. And so... Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this. You, you, have you ever gotten on a roller coaster? You ever gotten on a roller coaster? All right. And, uh, and, and, they, and they tell you, all right, everybody's arms up, and they, and they pull that harness down over top of you, and they got to make sure it's secure. You buckle all 16 buckles in, right, because you got to make sure you're good. And then you have that person that comes by, and they're pulling on the belt. It's like, yo, you see it's down. But, hey, listen, they're doing their job. I'm very grateful. So, so, so they pull it down. What are they trying to do? They're trying to secure you. Because they understand you're going to be in a position that is different than walking on flat ground. They understand you're going to be moving at a speed. You're going to be taking some different twists and turns. And your world might, I'm, I'm sorry, your view might get flipped upside down. And they have to make sure that you're harnessed in. Because as long as you are secured in, you will finish the ride. But if you're not secured in, you will fall off of the ride. When we get secured in God, he makes sure that we finish this ride of life. Not that we fall down, not that we fall off, but we are secured and he has a good hold of us the entire way through. That's what happens when we get secured with Jesus. He wants you to be safe. He wants to wrap his arms around you and let you know, I know you might not feel safe in this situation or with this circumstance, but I got you. I got you. He wants good for you. So he wants to, he wants to secure you. The next thing he wants to do is he wants to enhance you. Everybody say enhance. He wants to enhance you. He wants to enhance you. He wants to upgrade you. Take you to the next level. He wants to update your life, get you better and better, just like wine getting better with time. He wants you to go above and beyond where you currently are, the 2.0 version of yourself. But this is something that I've learned. In order to do what I have never done before, I am going to have to plan 
like I've never planned before. Okay, example, example. Uh, Liz and I, we would love the opportunity to go to the Greek islands for vacation. If you want to write a check, you can get with me after. Just saying. We would love the opportunity to go. I'm joking. We would love the opportunity to go to the Greek islands, right? And, and we would have a great time. Now, something that Liz and I say in our house all the time, we don't use the word can't when it comes to planning something or finances. We always say, we would love to go there, but right now we're choosing not to. I could go there right now and get in a whole lot of debt, not be able to pay my bills, lose my house, and file bankers. I, I, I could. It wouldn't be the smart thing to do, and my bank account don't have that many commas and zeros next to it, but I could do. I, I, I mean, I guess I could. I've seen crazier things. And so we, we get to this point where we have to plan. We said we, we could do whatever we want to do as long as it's planned. When, when we're getting together with friends, it's funny. They kind of laugh at me sometimes because they're like, hey, yo, let's get together, let's get together. I'm like, perfect, let's do it, but let's plan it. Because if it's not planned, I'm just being straight up with you, I, I won't do it. And I, I have so much going on, just like you do. We get so busy in the thing of life, the things that we say, yeah, I'm going to get to this. We don't get to it. We have to make time for it, right? We, we, we have to plan it out. Um, so I have a question for you. Who thinks about the right here, right now, and I'll worry about circumstances and everything later on? Who thinks about that? Okay, 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 okay. Some of y'all don't know if you want to answer right now. Um, so listen, I, I, I feel that. Like I said, I'm kind of stubborn, so like part of me is like, yeah, right here, right now, I don't care. I really want to buy those pair of shoes. Like, I don't know what my bank account's going to look like, but I really want to buy those shoes. And then the other side of me is like, no, your wife will kill you if you get those shoes. And so I'm learning. Thank you, Liz, for teaching me. Thank you. And so, but, but there's parts of us that we're like, man, the right here, right now, that's all that I care about. And then there's other people that they're like, you know what? No, I want to plan ahead. I want to plan into the future. Again, we're talking about scheduling, talking about planning. Something that Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy told me right whenever I started uh, working here at the church was, Caleb, you need to live your life by a calendar. And I laughed at him. Man, I just graduated college. I know everything. What do you mean live my life by a calendar? I, you see this brain? My head ain't big for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I, I can source some things. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Ignorant, I know, but that's what I was saying. And so then I, I start going through, and, you know, I, I had a couple weeks where I was actually doing all right. So my head got bigger. My head got bigger. But then I missed a meeting that I was supposed to have because I didn't put it on my calendar. And then I missed another one. Then I missed another one. And then I double booked one. So now I had to pick who do I go see. And I'm putting a bind. All because I didn't put it to a calendar. I was trying to live my life off the whim. And so I was doing I wasn't doing what I needed to do or what I wanted to do. Really, other people were running my schedule. I was not running it myself, which means I had no hold of it. I'm so grateful that God doesn't shoot from the hip when it comes to planning for your life and for my life. I'm so grateful that he's planning some things out. 
that he's saying, hey, I know you are right here, and you're looking at this circumstance, and I get your perspective. I get it. If I was looking here, I would get it. But I'm looking down the line. I'm not looking just at your today. I want you to have an amazing today, but I also want you to be set up for tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. I'm so glad God plans, and I'm glad that when he plans, he thinks of you. He thinks of me. How do I know that he thinks of us? He sent his son to die on the cross for your sins, for my sins. He knew that we would need him. He knew that I would mess up a lot and I would have to ask for forgiveness. He knew that our minds would get to the point where we would need his peace in order to get through the day. He knew we would need Holy Spirit to shut our mouths from typing that thing on Facebook. He knew we would need him. He knew we would need him. So Liz and I, we, we really enjoy going to uh, amusement parks, right? And so Liz, we, uh, she got me, a couple years back, she gifted me a universal pass, right? And so, of course, I bought one for her, because why don't I go by myself? And so she, she, got me, she got me a universal pass, and uh, we, we would have a great time going. But one of the things that she did is, is, is she was planning for it. And so she, because she was planning, she was able to get me an annual pass, Again, it's not like she just had it just sitting in a pocket like, here you go. No, she, she planned for it, and she was able to get me an annual pass. And so we would go, we'd have a lot of fun with a lot of friends, open the park up, close the park down. It would be great. But here's the thing that I've learned. There, there's different kind of passes that you can get when you go to an amusement park. There's one day, two day, three day, park hoppers, annual pass, block out day. There's too many options. They, they, they got all these different options that you can have. But because Liz was able to plan it, and because it wasn't off of a whim, we were able to go one day and then go another day, and then go another day so that the experience can keep on going. Just how Liz planned our, that time for us and that vacation for us, God has a plan for your life and for my life to where he doesn't want us to experience him one day and then be done. He doesn't want us to experience him once a year and then be done. God wants you and I to have an annual pass with the fast pass attached to it, saying that I want you to come and experience me every single day of the week, front of the line. You get the opportunity to come see me. Let's go. Let's do this thing together. Don't limit me to once on a Sunday morning and then be done for the week. I'm available to you Monday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then also on Sunday. But let's do this thing of life together. You don't have a one-day pass with God. You and I have an annual pass. We need to buy into that pass that he has already given us. So again, he wants to secure us. He wants to enhance us. The next thing he wants to do is transform us. He wants to transform us. What, what, what do I mean by that? There's this South African theologian. His name is Desmond Tutu. And he said this, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. You and I need a hope in something greater than what we are seeing. We do. Because if, if we're not careful, we'll be over here in life. And we'll be looking straight down at our circumstances. Man, I can't believe my family member did that to me. Can't believe they said that. Man, I thought she was my best friend. She's going to go over here and date him. Man, my bank account, I, I'm doing everything I can, but my bank account keep, keeps messing up. Man, I've been praying for my son to come back to church. I've been praying for him to get his life together, but no matter what I pray, it's like God didn't answer my prayers. 
and we'll say, take such a close look at our life that we're going to be missing the opportunity. What, if we're not careful, what's going to happen is we're going to run into a wall because we're so focused with our head down. How does God want to transform you? How does he want to transform me? You watching online, how does he want to transform you? He wants to transform our perspective. Because when we're here, we're living in our circumstance, but he wants us to get our eyes up. And when our eyes are up, we're looking at the hope of Jesus. And so, man, I've been praying for that family member, and I don't see anything happening, but I have a hope in Jesus. He died on the cross for them, so one day they will get to know him. I really went after this job because I needed this financial security, and I didn't get it, but my head is up because I'm obviously still moving forward, which means God needed me to walk past that to get to what he really wanted me to have. The Bible says he has plans for well-being for a future and for hope. God has a hope for you in whatever circumstance you're in. I don't know how bad it is, and I don't need to know because what I do know is God has a hope for you. We just have to buy into that hope, and when we do, it will change our perspective. Some of us need a hope that love is more than what that person did. Some of us need a hope that family means more than what I have been treated like by my family. Some of us need a hope that, man, can he really forgive all my sins? Because people told me that they forgave me, and then five years later, they come back and they, they stab me in the back again. Oh, God says, listen, I got you. I want to transform you. I don't want you having to live circumstance to circumstance to circumstance. Are we going to go through things? Yes. But thankfully, he walks right beside us, right beside, uh, next to us, just like what Janitza said, leading our way, protecting us from the back, giving us a hope, changing our perspective in order to look forward in life, not living in the past. He wants us to move forward. He does. And that verse says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for well-being and not for trouble, to give you a future and a hope. And listen, if I'm going to be honest, I've read past this verse so much. I have. Because it's a verse that I heard a lot growing up as a kid. So, man, when this part came, I would honestly just look up and I wouldn't even read it anymore. And I would quote it and then I would go back to reading because I just became so accustomed to it. One of the things Pastor Scott challenged me with, he said, Caleb, sometimes we take for granted the things that we are very familiar with. So he said, hey, you, you should grab some verses that you're very familiar with and study those a little bit more. Okay, sounds good. Very familiar with this verse. I love this verse. When I start studying it more, I realize, see, my, my perspective was I thought that this verse was for everybody. I could act however I want to act and say that I know the, plan, the Lord has plans for me, plans for well-being, for a future and a hope. No matter how I act, no matter how I talk, no matter how I live my life, no matter if I live my life to, based on my preferences or his standards, he's got to work it out for me, right? No. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Bible says, see, see, here's the thing. It's available to everyone, but it's not accessed by everyone. Because here's what the verse says, uh, the next two verses. It says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will look for me. There's an action there. You will look for me, and you will find me when you look for me with all of your heart. There's a way that the message translation says it, and I love it. It says this, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me 
and want it more than anything else. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. Point blank, period. When you get serious about finding me, oh, you're going to find me. So then the opposite of that is, if I'm trying to find him for conveniency, I probably ain't going to find him. Not the, he won't be able to show up the way he wants to. He's going to show up based on our effort. When I give him effort, I give him the opportunity to show off. If I don't give him effort, then I am limiting what God can do in my life. It's based on my effort. And so here's the goal. I, I, I want to close it with this. I want to close it with this. If you and I want God to set us up, if we want him to secure us, if we want him to enhance us, if we want him to transform us, then it's going to take you and I going after him. We're going to have to go after him and be more about him than we are with people's opinions. We're going to have to go after him more than we want others' validation. We're going to have to go after him more than what others say their truth is, because I'm sorry, there is the truth. Now, we have opinions, and I get it. I am very opinionated. Ask my wife. But my opinions have to go through a vetting process. And I have been wrong on many occasions of my opinion because it does not match what the word of God says. So if you and I, if we're going to actually move through and get set up by God, we're going to have to go after him. So how can we go after him? In a real tangible way, how can we do so? I say the first thing, you're doing it right now. By coming to church. By coming to church. Man, I only came because my mama made me come. You better thank your mama. Listen, there's a lot of places that I did not want to be. My mama made me go to school, and I did not want to. Now looking back, I'm very grateful that I did because now I'm done. I'm just saying, I didn't want to go to the doctor time after time after time, but I'm glad that I did because they could catch something earlier if I went. You and I need to be at church. You know, we, last year, when the nation kind of shut down with, with COVID-19, heard a lot of people saying, man, it's all good. We don't need the church because we are the church. Listen, I, I agree with that. Church is not limited. The gospel is not limited to this building. The gospel is not limited to a Sunday morning. You can be that gospel when you're at work, at church, and when you're with your friends, on a ball field, at school. You can be that. that, that there's nothing wrong there. However, tell me there's no difference between watching church online versus being in the presence of God. There's a difference. There's a difference. Some of you watching online, you may have the ability to be here in person we have a seat for you. We do. For some of you, you might not have the ability to be here in person, and you're doing everything you can, and I applaud you for doing so. But for some, there is a next step that you can take. And I want to challenge you with that because what happens is when we get in this room, we're getting rid of distraction, and we are making time for God because you're never going to find time for him. It won't happen. You have to make time. We make time for the things that we love. For the things that you love to do, you make time for. Who makes time to eat? Make time to sleep. So then if I love God, I need to make time for him too. 
And that can happen so much more than just on a Sunday. What's another way? Going through Connect Four, our four-step process here at Free Life Chapel in order to get integrated into this church. Is Connect Four going to get you saved? No, but it's going to show you some people that are doing life the same way you are, that are not perfect but are in pursuit of a perfect God and let you know, hey, we're going to mess up on some things, but he's never going to change. He's going to be there for me. He's going to forgive me. He's going to give me joy. He's going to give me peace. He's going to give me a sound mind when the world gets crazy. I know that I have him, and then I'm going to be able to serve him for how he has served my life. What's another way? Taking Activate, that nine-month class I talked about earlier. How is that going to get me closer to God? Because I'm putting myself under a pressure in order to learn more about him. You know what else happens whenever you put things in pressure? Gold, diamonds. Things of value come out through pressure. Imagine how valuable your relationship with God would be when put under some pressure. I'm putting myself in. I'm putting myself to a standard of God. I'm going to know your word. I'm going to live by your principles, and I'm purposefully putting myself, making room for you in my life. What's another way? Start reading the Bible. I know it sounds crazy. My my wife and I, we're the youth pastors here at Free Life with the Blend, and it's funny because a lot of them do not like a hard copy Bible. They don't like paper. So what I've suggested for them to do, and with some young adults that I talk to, it works well for them. It might work good for you too. Download the Bible app on your phone. They have so many different devotional plans that you can do that honestly you can find some that you can do in two minutes. Now here's the thing. I don't ever want to limit my time with God, but I would rather have time with God. You know what I'm saying? Do something to where you can start. You don't have to be as knowledgeable as Pastor Scott, Pastor Cindy in order to do this thing. You can do it. When we do this Christ life thing together, when when, when we truly sign up for Christianity, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I'm going to receive you so that I can go out and give it to other people. See, you thought there was, oh, you thought it was annoying why your family always comes to you telling you all their problems, but really it's because God has put you there because they see the answer through you. You thought they were trying to annoy you. You thought at work, whenever you go to the break room, people just sitting there, man, why are they whining to me all the time? Why are they always coming to me? It's draining me. It's draining me. Nevertheless, you're getting the opportunity in order to speak joy, to speak promise, to speak hope, to speak life in the situations that you don't know what could happen if they did not talk to you. We need to make sure we have something on the inside of us that we are ready to give Reading the Bible does that in the next way is praying to God. Tell me a relationship you have that has grown without communication. It would be ignorant for me to think that my wife and I can make it to 25 years of marriage if I don't communicate with her. That would not happen. So then why do I in my head, in my humanity, think that I cannot talk to God but still get closer to him. I cannot talk to God but still know exactly what he said that I should do for my life. How am I going to know his plan for my life unless I give him time to tell me it? I can't. So we got to make sure we're talking to God. Something I say to our students all the time is we can't Snapchat God and expect a FaceTime relationship. What do I mean by that? Snapchat, it, there's a time limit on it. You're going to have all these filters. It's going to be pretty seen and then gone. But FaceTime is raw and it's real. You're going to hear the noise in the background. You're going to see me when I look old, busted, and disgusted. But God still wants to talk to us in that. He doesn't need us to put all these filters up. He wants us to be real. 
And when we talk to him that way, he talks right back to us. Everybody stand to your feet. So if you and I want to get set up by God, secured, enhanced, and transformed, it's going to take us going after him. It's going to take us making time for God in our life because we're not just going to randomly find it. It's not just going to come. We're going to have to do that thing that we talked about, plan my time for God. Because if I just let my day go, I get really good at making myself really busy. And I can be so busy that God can't fit in my schedule. But expect me to still claim his promises. Can't work that way. Can't work that way. We got we to gotta make time for him. For us to receive this promise of plans for well-being, a future, and a hope. We're going to have to be intentional with him. The same way you want God to be intentional with you, imagine what would happen if you were that intentional with him. Myself included, I have to be intentional with God because if I'm not careful, I can get so busy working for God that I forget to worship God. That's the reality of it. So no one's above or better. No one has this down because it's a daily decision that you and I have to make. It's not one prayer and done. It's something daily that we choose. When we choose God daily, amazing things can happen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to learn more about you. Thank you for wanting to set us up in life, to secure us, to enhance us, to transform us, to make sure that we're protected, to help us level up in life, and to make sure that we're getting a hope that is only found through you. God, I pray right now that as we continue to put forth our effort and go after you the way that your word said, God, that you continue running right after us, Father God, that you honor the efforts, Father God. So grateful that you don't call us to be perfect, but you do call us to pursue you. And God, as we pursue you, we know that you're going to pursue us right back. Father God, help us all live this set up life that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.